had the intern retreat this weekend, and uh, uh, Jim and Mims came up and helped us in the retreat. But also, what really cool privilege for us, we had uh, some the leaders from the church in uh, in Atlanta, uh, Sarah, who's back here, the blonde hair, and uh, and uh, and Leanne Pearson, and they're precious people. The, the people up in Atlanta are just so awesome. And uh, but Leanne is uh, one of these precious people that uh, can read your mail. And, and uh, not too long ago, I was telling him this. I, I was, uh, you know, God's doing a lot of stuff in my life. You know, last week I was in the hospital, and a lot of it was because of not hearing the voice of God accurately and uh, and responding accordingly. What are you laughing at, Ben? And so, uh, um, but what? Not back in October, I was in Atlanta, and uh, and there was I was praying a lot about my life and what was going on, and I was getting ready for one morning when I was there in Dan's house, and uh, and I knew that afternoon we were going to have lunch with Leanne. She had just gotten back from Kenya. And uh, um, and so the Lord just spoke to me loud. He says, uh, you look at Leanne and you tell her to speak to you what the Lord is saying to her and tell her no holds barred. Well, you know, guess what? <laughs> it, she, it was no holds barred. And, uh, and she shared these words with me and they were really like, were really right on and really rebuking. And... Uh, and so I've been in the process of processing the unpacking these words ever since. And, and I really, as I was sitting here this morning, the Lord said to me, says, uh, you know, Leanne's got some words for this body or even individually. So I just want to also want to ask Leanne to speak some standing, if you would. That's a great introduction, isn't it? <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, um, well, good morning. And, um, and everybody in Atlanta loves you, just so you know. So um, I, they probably know you a little bit more than I do, so I'm getting to know my family, so it's good to be here this morning. Um, yeah, one of the things that is on my heart, um, the first thing that I want to do that, that happened during worship, which is really interesting that uh, Rick asked me if I had anything, is um, in the room, I sense there is um, some anticipation this morning of almost kind of breaking anticipation of needing an answer and um, and really tired of the same old, same old, thinking that you can come and into a corporate setting and getting an answer and walking away empty-handed. Um, if that's you, I want you to, in boldness and faith, stand up with me, if that's you. If you need an answer from the Lord on something and you've been doing business with him and you want an answer, Okay. Yeah? Okay. You're standing and standing. There you go. Okay. Some of you may change your mind as soon as I tell you what has happened in the room this morning. Because what I want in faith to let you know. Oh, look at that. As soon as I said that, someone stood up. I love it. I love that kind of faith. Um, is what I saw was I saw um, uh, uh, this heart, this response in Atulia. Yes. The Lord hears our cry. And this is what happened is he heard a cry and he sent angels because they minister to us. And what I saw happen is, is angels started delivering answers into your pockets. 
is what is almost like gold going into your pockets. I saw resources going into your pockets. Some of you need financial breakthrough, but it's an actual resource like a name or a number or something. And so prophetically, I want you to just to, even if you don't have a pocket, just put your hand down by your pocket and I'm going to pray for you for a release of this. So Father, I thank you that this morning you released ministering angels to your people. You delivered good gifts to your people. They cried out and you heard and you said, you are worthy of me sending angels over charge over you to minister and love on you and um, and give resources to you. So I break the oppression off of you in the name of Jesus that is plugging up your ears. You have stopped up ears because you are so crying over this issue. You haven't heard the resource. So, Father, right now I pray that they would reach into their pocket. In the name of Jesus, they would reach into the pocket and they would see the resource, the heavenly resource that the Father, the Most High God, has given them. That the answer would be established in their heart. Let them hear the answer that you established before the foundations of the earth. That's the answer they really need. That's the answer they really want. So I break off all the worldly uh, counsel (laughs) you've gotten. I just see gunk all around your your heads trying to get counsel on what to do. And I just see um, just heaven releasing resources over you right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Yay. Can't wait to hear all your guys' breakthrough. Um, The other thing that... um, Sorry. All of a sudden you all are... um, God loves you guys. I'm getting overwhelmed. Um, Okay. Okay. Um, in the white sweater, you're looking right at me right now. Yes, smiled. There you go. What's your name? Karis? Hi, Karis. Um, wow. Um, I just pray new season over you. That it is, it's time to, um, embrace, um, the new things of God, the new mercies of God. The past and the old things have been chasing you, and they've been trying to trip your feet. And so we just as a body right now say, Karis, is that right, Karis? Go into your new season. Go into your new garden. Go pick your fruit. Wow. Yeah. There is a hope that's been deferred. So, Father, we just water that hope right now. We say that it is not dead in her and that um, it isn't forgotten by you. And so we just water it right now in the name of Jesus and we love on her. Karis, you have amazing talent. You have a way of crafting words that, um, I don't know if you write letters and thank you letters to people, or um, you're a really great gift giver. Um, you, you can just sew things together. You can sew words together. You can sew gifts together. And you've done it for many people, but you haven't felt like you're the recipient. So right now, we make you the recipient. 
But we tell you, you're the recipient of the good gifts of God and that you're going to start receiving the, the love letters. You're going to receive the, uh, the, the sweet nothings from everyone. People are going to start knowing what your favorite cookie is. Instead, you know everybody else's. Yeah, Karis is a good friend. She's a good friend. She's a very good friend. If she's not your friend, I highly recommend you try to become her friend. So the other uh, word that I had, um, which was interesting, is we were praying before Sarah and I came. We prayed Wednesday night as a group um, at Atlanta dwelling place. And one of the things that there was different words coming, and Sarah had seen um, just the Lord coming and breaking chains with his hands and an alabaster jar being broken and oil going out and people's chains going off people and lights just lighting up. And that's really been heavy on me all weekend of just that's the Lord's intention to release and to um, and break chains and break oppression off. And one of the this, things this morning as I walked in here is um, he reminded me of what I saw on Wednesday night and also what I saw when I lived in Paris was I was very frustrated uh, when I lived in Paris because I felt very um, oppressed all the time. Just, does anybody can say amen to that, what it feels like when you're feeling oppressed all the time? And I just was crying out to the Lord, and I said, Lord, show me what it looks like in the Spirit. Show me what it looks like in the Spirit here in Paris so I can get some idea of what I'm, what I'm dealing with. And I instantly saw five pillars around the city of Paris, and I saw this big tarp that was connected by the five pillars. And I was like, yes, I'm taking down the pillars, right? And the Lord was like, no, you are not. Because they would have crushed me. They would have taken me out. Right? We all know kind of basics of spiritual warfare. That's not where our warfare is at. And what I saw was, um, to, to make it as simple as is, is that the pillars, the things that the enemy had come to establish, the enemy had created a tarp over the people. In the presence of God and the people, there was a separation and it had this tarp above them. And what I see here is the same thing. There's a tarp. And what is created in the space in between, and this is what's probably different in each place that I've seen this tarp and that God's reminding me of it, is that there became a fun house in this atmosphere. And what I mean by a fun house is things are distorted. Is that you look and you don't see correctly. You see the mirrors, you know, the fun house mirrors? You're, you're not seeing things clearly. And so I think that the Lord wants to bring some serious clarity this morning to the corporate body of dwelling place. And the way that he, that he taught me how to do this is that that's the atmosphere that's come. So you don't go smashing mirrors because people are going to get really angry with you if you go smashing each other's mirrors. Yes? That's going to feel very offensive. If you start going, you're distorted, you're distorted, you're distorted, right? And that can happen under oppression because you're anxious. And so I see what the Lord is trying to say is that there's this tarp. And this is what he told me. He said, Leanne, praise me. And as you praise me, your praises will create a hole in the tarp. My presence is already here and it wants to rain down. You keep praising me. And what happens when you poke a tarp enough and there's a heavy enough rainfall coming down? What happens? 
it implodes and it wipes it out. So do you guys want to join me this morning in poking some holes in the tarp? Oh, I'm speaking Rick's word. I took yours back. You took mine last time. <laughs> I love that when God does that. It's just affirmation. He's so cool. So do you want to speak it before we pray it? Okay, will you stand with me? I mean, we need to activate our faith in this. This is not a, we are a bystander and we're going to continue to let this happen. Amen? This is, we are, we are the representations here on earth crying out right now. So, Father, we raise our hands and we praise you. We declare you are Lord over dwelling place. You are Lord over this city. You are Lord over this county. You are Lord over this state. And so instead of putting our eyes on the enemy and putting our eyes on the things that we believe are distorted, we look to you and we say, rain down, Father. Rain down. We love you. We praise you. We give you the glory. There are so many things in this place that are good. I call back to remembrance the things that are good right now. In the name of Jesus, I tell you to remember the testimonies of finances. Remember the testimonies of healing. Remember the testimonies of of people being saved, demons being cast out, people coming back to life again. I call back to remembrance in this body the praises of God. We lift you up right now, Father. We lift you up. Father, I pray right now that the, the sensation of water drops would start falling on people, that they could feel your presence start dropping this morning, and that it would just transform. It would raise up faith and hope. Yeah, the Lord wants to restore hope in this house. Not that you've lost sight of him. Ha, you haven't lost sight of him. You're just tired. (laughs) So, Lord, refresh, 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 refresh. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Leanne. Be seated. Just remember that word she spoke. Just remember it as we go on. This is uh, the first Sunday in... In January, and and as uh, I have done in years past, um, really tried to hear the Lord about what God is saying about that particular year. The Lord didn't speak to me an audible word about what about this year, but He re- He revealed in in study what this word is about. And as you see in the top of your notes, as if anybody does not have a handout, if you would, please just raise your hand and, uh, and the crew will get it to you. But this is the year of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you'll notice at the top of the heading, it has two, two uh, punctuation marks. One is a, no, it don't. I, I, in another version I did, there was an explanation point and there was a question mark. Uh, because as we start to talk about the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, you'll see in here. You know, one of my favorite uh, things in doing weddings is is the time when a bride appears to the bride to the to the groom. You know, I've done a, a lot of weddings and now and uh, and the ones we do with that are people a part of this body and particularly the interns that are very precious and dear to me. 
But, you know, you know, you, you see in a, a couple that know each other very well, or else they wouldn't be getting married. But there's just something about that moment that when, uh, whether it's a door opening in the back of a sanctuary or, or coming around the corner outside uh, or whatever it may be, but when that uh, bridegroom, that bride and that uh, groom's eyes meet, very seldom do I not cry. And many times you're watching them cry also at the revelation of the one whom they love in a totally different setting and manner than they had ever experienced before and establishing something that's beautiful. And uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what this year is about. Uh, revelation of Jesus. And I was going, Lord, uh, you're about that all the time. But as you uh, you see the definition of the word revelation, you gain understanding why, what the Lord is saying and how Leanne's prophetic word is in relationship to it. And you see in your notes there, revelation is from the Greek word apocalypsis, or also, which is the noun, and apocalypto would be the verb, which literally means to remove a veil or covering. Exposing to open view what was before hidden. In fact, this key, this word revelation is a key word all throughout the New Testament. In fact, there's a whole book that has to do with this word revelation. And, uh, and you'll notice in your notes there, everything begins, exists, and ends with the revelation of Jesus. Now, y'all, the revelation that God is about is the revelation of His Son, Jesus Christ. It's the reverse, the bridegroom versus the, and the bride. Uh, it's the opposite normally in the wedding that we see here on earth. And what's going on right now is the revelation of the bridegroom. The unveiling of Him to us. And notice that everything begins like it talks about in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, where it says, In it the righteousness of God is revealed, unveiled, from what? By faith. In it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So it, righteousness is revealed, uncovered in faith. Begins in faith. Because right before that in one sixteen it talks about the power of God in, in relationship to salvation. But we exist in relationship to the revelation of Jesus. Uh, like in, in fact, Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, where he says, I pray that you may have the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him. See, y'all. Uh, when we see Him clearly, God, things happen and change. In fact, I'll go more in detail about that a little later, how important it is to just see Him clearly that there's no veil covering. This thing that Tarp, that Leanne's speaking about is veiling who Jesus is. 
Because with every precious drop, this rain that comes is revelation of Him. It's Him. And wherever He comes, it's life. Like it says in Ephesians 3, where he said to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And as a result, you're rooted and grounded in love. You're filled up with fullness. And anyway, I could go on and just stay on that. Um, you know, an interesting thing exists. And if you would, real quick, glance with me in 1 Corinthians 14. And, you know, in 1 Corinthians 14, we think about these gifts of the spirit, but it's interesting. I don't know how I missed over it. But there's these revelations, there's these unveilings in the manifestations and the gifts of the Spirit. And like in 14.6, it says, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking to you in tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation? In other words, tongues with an interpretation comes. And there's an unveiling of the face of Jesus in a particular way. Or looking, skip on down into, as you see in your notes in, in verse 26, what is the outcome, brethren, when you assemble? Each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation. Or, in, or we see in 1430, but if a revelation is made to another who is seated, let, him first, let the first be silent. In other words, those moments in time when... Where the eternal bursts through into the physical and where there's the the veil is opened. And we'll talk about this veil here in a few minutes, y'all. Is opened and we see him. Just in the same way as that bride sees that bridegroom and the groom, like Ben. We did Ben and Danielle's wedding not long ago, and you know, that point in time when Danielle Came over the dune, wasn't it? No. No, or it's just so awesome to see and watch. So we exist on the revelation of Jesus. These unveilings. But also, I want to say this, y'all. It ends at the revelation of Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, Jesus' coming is referred to as a revelation. Like it says... Uh, in, in one seven, sorry, let me get there. And I, I purposely don't have the PowerPoint so we can look it up. But the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When he appears in the sky. Now, y'all, that's why that I said in the title of this, when all of a sudden the Lord started telling me that this is the year of the revelation of Jesus Christ, I have to confess, the first thing I'm going to, is this the year? I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to say, yeah. And I'm not going to predict this is the year that Jesus comes. That's, not that. that's why I had question mark. But I want to say, amen. You know, not that I want to get out of this world and out of this mess, because I don't want, you know, y'all, that would be an ugly thing for like, you know, Danielle and Ben to get married, and Danielle goes, yeah, I just want to get out of this mess. I just want, it's just horrific being single. I want to get out of my mess. So that's why I want to marry you. Oh. Danielle wanted to get married to Ben because she loves him. 
and they having fun together. So, you know, when he reveals, our bridegroom is revealed to us, y'all, yeah! So if this is the year, hallelujah. You know, let it be. Let it be. So anyway, I said that. It's the last you'll hear of that right now. But anyway, let's just talk about the revelation of Jesus as in relation to their everyday life. Because if you notice in your notes there, how Jesus is seen in our hearts determines or governs what I receive. Now, I want you to, before I go on, I gotta, there's this note there that you see in the top here. Because you hear what I said there, and I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. How Jesus is seen in our hearts, the conclusions in our heart, because you remember in Dwelling Place we talk about the heart contains our programming, and programming your heart determines what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you speak, what you do, how you love, how your spirit functions, and there's another one and I forgot it. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pursue sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. So what the conclusions are in our heart will determine how we see and how what we receive from the Lord. Now it's not that God is this big dude that's just saying you've got to get it right. No, because He says in Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone opens the door, I will come in and I will sup with him. God operates in the revelation of Himself, not forcefully, but by invitation. But the devil on the opposite side operates in the revelation of himself forcefully. Uh, the example that I have there in your notes there in Luke chapter 8 is in relationship to the Gerizim demoniac. Where he, this, this man had multitude, a legion literally of demons. And so therefore that identity was being forced on this man. And that's how Satan operates. But the Lord is opposite. And that's why, y'all, he can unveil himself. Well, I'm say, I keep using that term. And that's, he can show up. And what, what is veiling us or not will determine what we see and what we receive. Go with me in, your, in the Bible, to, your Bibles, to Mark chapter 6, verse 1. The scene is, is Nazareth. When Jesus goes back to the town that he was raised up in. Now his ministry shifted that when he was older, that when his ministry began, he moved to Capernaum. But in Mark 6, this was his hometown. And so he goes back there to preach the word. And he went out from there and he came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath had began... To teach in the synagogue, many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? Such miracles as performed by his hands. And then they go this. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary? The brother of James, Joseph? And Judas? Simon? Are not his sisters here among us? And as a result, they took offense at him. This is Jesus Christ. 
Word of God in the flesh, in their midst. And they're taking offense at him. And watch the result here. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his own relatives and his own household. He could do no miracle there except that he laid his hands upon a few sick people and he healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. Y'all, the revealing of Jesus and the reception of the fullness of who Jesus was was determined by the conclusions in their heart of the people toward Jesus. How they saw Jesus determined what they received. They saw Him as a carpenter, as a common man. So what did they receive? Common things. It says there He healed a few people. My conviction is He healed a few people before they come to these conclusions. Because it says they saw these miracles... So obviously they've seen something, so probably a couple people got healed, and all of a sudden they started evaluating this. What is this? What's going on here? Ain't this the carpenter? This is Mary's son. We saw him grow up here. Suddenly, the fullness of Jesus as the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ, was veiled. And he could not do much among. And so the Lord's been speaking to me. How do you see me, Rick? How do you see me? Because how you see me now determines what you receive from me as I reveal myself, as revealing to you. He's revealing himself now. And that's where you'll, in the notes here, you know, if hurriedly, if you would be, if you would look on me and you were in chapter, in Mark, just in chapter 5, verse 25, a woman who was sick, a woman who had hemorrhaged for 12 years, had endured at the hands of many physicians and spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather grown worse. And after hearing about Jesus, came up to the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. And she thought, if I could just touch his garments, I shall get well. And immediately, the blood flow stopped. And notice down in verse 34, you know, Daughter, your faith has made you well. She had been saying to herself, I could touch the hem of his garment. She saw Jesus as the healer, therefore she was what? Able to what? Receive. I remember one night, uh, Paul and I had, well, one, one day when uh, we were at Paula's parents in Huntsville, Alabama, it's when we lived in Okeechobee. And, man, I woke up that morning, man, also my back was killing me. Like around the kidneys, and it just—I had a fever, and and uh, man, I just felt really bad. And we had to leave; we had to get back to work, and, and so it's like a 14-hour drive from Huntsville to to. And so I just woke up, and I'm just confessing word, everything I could confess about healing. And I couldn't even drive, so Paula's driving, and we were planning on stopping in around Ocala, Florida, which is about four hours from Okeechobee, and spend the night with some friends. And uh, going on the next morning, and and uh, break the trip up, and uh, and so Paul has to drive the whole way there, and the whole trip, I, I just, you know how it is when you got a fever, you're just kind of out of it, and I just, I'm traveling, but at the same time, I'm just confessing word, you know, just, all I can do is confess the word of God about healing, and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, 
Um, so we get there to our friend's house, and I'm just so sick. I just I saw so John and Janice, Janice. I said, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, how you doing? I love y'all. I'm just so sick. I just got to go to bed. So I just go to bed. And I'm laying in bed, and I'll never forget this. I'm laying there, and you know how you're just so, you can't sleep because you're so sick. And I'm just laying there, and, and all of a sudden I go, man, I know if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. This woman just came to my mind. and So in the spirit, I could just feel myself just going, yes, Jesus. And the crazy thing about it was, this is no exaggeration, y'all. About 20 minutes later, I woke myself up. I fell asleep, and I woke up shocked that I was well. Then I fell asleep. And I was healed. And, uh, and I'm going, yeah, Jesus. Because what had happened was an area in my heart, I had started to see Jesus as the healer. And see, so, y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. What is happening in dwelling places, God is... One of the reasons why we're not seeing the healings that are that are in, in that we need to be seeing in the fullness of the body says these signs shall follow them who have believed. These signs will follow them who have believed. Leanne was speaking about this on Friday night. Now, what you believe will be manifested. You want to know what you believe? Like Leanne was speaking the other night. You want to know what you believe? Look behind you. Just look behind you. Look what's following you. Look at the fruit of your life. That'll tell you what you believe. And so it's not a place of, of guilt or condemnation. You know what it is? It's just a place of saying, Jesus, I need to see you as the healer. Or, or the woman who, you know, in Luke chapter 7, I, I want to go there because oh, this one just touches my heart. In Luke chapter 7 with the woman who was a sinner. In fact, it says that in the Word. Is that in verse chapter seven, verse thirty-seven it says, "Behold, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and she learned she she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, and she brought an alabaster vial of perfume, and standing behind him at his feet, she began weeping and wet her tears. I mean, wet wet his feet with and kissing his feet and anointing him. And and it's interesting to me later on what Jesus says about her." Uh, for this reason, I say to her, sins are many have been forgiven. She loved, for she loved much, but she who has forgiven little loves little. Your sins have been forgiven. She saw Jesus as the forgiver of sins. And she pursued everything to come in contact with the one who forgives sins. Or we go to the next one, the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew chapter 15. Oh, by the way, by the way, I want you to notice verse 50 in chapter 7. He said to the woman, your faith has saved you. He said that to the woman who touched him. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. How she believed Jesus was was released into her life. The woman, the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew chapter 15. Her daughter is demon-possessed. Demon She's desperate. She hears of one who had cast demons out. Does not say that, but we know that from, an, from her actions. But in verse 21, you know, she's, she's going, Behold, a Canaanite woman... 
came out from the region and began crying out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. And then he goes on and tells her, you know, that about his sphere of ministry, which had been apportioned to him, that he's being faithful to. But she's saying, say, Lord, help me. And then she's going, but yes, Lord, even the, even the, the dogs eat the children's crumbs. She knows that the faith is a grain of mustard seed can move mountains. And Jesus looks at her and says, Oh, woman, your faith is great. It'll be done for you as you have willed. She saw Jesus as a deliverer. Her faith in the area of Jesus as the deliverer released and received into her Jesus as the deliverer. How we see Jesus determines what the revelation of God releases into our lives. Now, I was raised in a, in a Baptist church. Praise God for the good old Baptist church that taught faithfully the Word of God. They saw Jesus as, as, the, uh, as the Savior. And you know what we received just about every Sunday? But salvation, you know, I get, I would get saved 52 weeks a year, you know, because a lot of the sermons were about getting saved. But y'all, I mean, and we're seeing people saved because why? The body of that church saw Jesus as a Savior, and that's how we saw Him, and what we were we to receive. But you know what we did not see in that church? We did not see Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So guess what was not happening in the sphere of that church? We did not see Jesus as the deliverer. I don't remember seeing demons cast out in that body. In fact, I saw some demons manifested in that body. We didn't cast them out. Why? Because the church only saw Jesus as the, as the Savior of our sins. But then when I caught revelation that Jesus was the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, contrary to the belief and teaching of the pastor, I had to make a choice. When I saw the revelation that who he was as the, as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, one, one night, you know, I'm seeking the Lord. Really not irrespective of, of that subject. I was just worshiping the Lord in bed one night and Paul is asleep and all of a sudden, boom! I mean, man, that power of God hits me. I start speaking in tongues and didn't even know really all what was going on. Such power and force and Paul is still asleep. Why was I in that place? I had come to the revelation that in my heart, you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. You are the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. You are the one who imparts gifts. I received. So what, how, what the conclusions are in our heart will determine how and what we receive from Him. Let me show you another situation and scenario. In John chapter 6, this one's interesting to me. What time do I quit? Simonis, what time do I quit? Huh? 
about 15 minutes. I don't know where I'll get today. It don't matter. Yeah, it does. Well, I don't know. Where, yeah, it don't matter. These notes are there. We'll finish them at some point in time. You got them. What, this, this John chapter 6 passage was very interesting to me. It starts off in chapter 6 where he feeds the 5,000. He feeds the 5,000 miraculously. It's an awesome, it's an awesome tale how he feeds these 5,000. And notice in verse 14 after he feeds the 5,000, when therefore the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, oh, the truth. This is of a truth, the prophet who is come into the world. Now notice this verse 15. So guess what? They're seeing him as a prophet. Okay, that's a good man here. A prophet's come, signs come. He's fed, fed us. And then watch this. And then verse 15, Therefore perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king. Now, y'all, what's the role of a king? Feed the people. Now, they're, 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 they're figuring something out here. Because notice in verse 26, they kept pursuing and chasing after him. He'd gone away and hid around. But get this. Jesus answered them and said, Truly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate loaves and were filled. Filled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I spoke it correctly. You just heard it incorrectly. <laughs> Filled. There you go. That was a slip. Glad Paula wasn't here on that one. <laughs> because they saw Jesus as a what? I don't think they've seen him here. As a prophet who can give us some food. Okay? That's what they're seeing. But you know what? Jesus didn't let them sit there. I want you to notice what he starts to do. He says, uh, Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. And then he goes, They say, Well, what do we do that we may do the works of God? And he says, This is the work of God that you believe. In him and whom he has sent. So watch how he starts to talk about this. This whole subject matter is about bread, y'all. So all of a sudden, in 32 and 33, he starts talking about Moses and the bread out of heaven. And he starts telling them, y'all, I'm the bread. I'm the bread. And uh, notice in 41, the Jews were grumbling about him because he was saying, I am the bread that comes out of heaven. See, they're seeing him as a prophet, a good prophet. How they're, they're seeing the revelation of the Messiah before him. They're seeing him as a oh, prophet. Yeah, he's a prophet, y'all. Y'all, Muslims see Jesus as a prophet. This is not a big thing for these guys. They're seeing him as a prophet. Oh, yeah, and he will even do some really cool things. He'll feed you. And so Jesus starts to tell them, I am the bread that comes out of heaven. And he takes it even up a notch. Later on in the chapter, he tells them, he goes, you eat my flesh and you drink my blood. You eat this bread. That's how you have eternal life. So he took it to another level. 
to push them to see him not as a prophet, but as who? As a savior. As a savior. And I want y'all to notice the results of it. Notice in verse 60. Uh, many of the disciples, when they heard this statement, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? Jesus, conscious that the disciples had grumbled at this, says, this cause you to stumble? And then he starts telling them about, you know, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. In other words, he's talking about in the spiritual realm. He's not talking about in the physical. But he is establishing uh, that he is the bread. He is not just a prophet. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is. And notice in verse 66, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Because you know what? They couldn't handle the revelation of who he was. I'm going to pick on Jess. It's really cool. Leanna, she was sharing her testimony yesterday. You know, she was sharing about living in Paris. Well, some, Kathy was sitting next to me, and Leanne said she lived in Paris. And Kathy goes, ooh, you know. Well, where Leanne was living was in the Muslim section of Paris. And Leanne saw the pain and the sorrow, and there's some hardcore situations that she saw, particularly in relationship to this one young lady who was precious, dear to her, really in major, major bondage and issues. and and Leanne was sharing a testimony that how she saw Jesus as the Montana Jesus, you know, in blue hide, blue, blonde hair, blue eyed, carrying a shotgun, you know, on a pickup truck, you know, and all of a sudden, that's where Leanne's from, Montana, and all of a sudden she's in the Muslim section of, of Paris, and all of a sudden she's confronted with a situation, and who's the Jesus in her? What revelation does she have of the Jesus? And Jess was sharing yesterday afternoon. She's going, I don't know if I want to know that Jesus. You know, I mean, we're, you know, to know that Jesus, uh, you know, means that, like, you may have to go to Damascus, Syria, in the midst of a civil war, and you go, Jesus, will you take care of me? That's the Jesus you know. That's what Jess was saying. These people are saying, wait a minute, no, wait a minute. It's cool to be a prophet. You can speak some words to us. That's cool. Feed us? That is really cool. But now you're saying you're the Savior? And to the degree I've got to eat your flesh, drink your blood? You know what I mean? To the nth degree? That's the revelation. So my question is to us which I will just tell you what Jesus has been saying to me. How do you see me? And, you know, I'm a, I just want to confess to you this. This thing about healing? Healer. Oh, yeah, I can stand up for Yeah, preach. Oh, yeah, God heals. Oh, yeah, heals. Do I know? Do I see him as the healer? Because, y'all, to receive him as the healer, I know this. You know, you know where... Man, I, I used to walk in healing, laying and seeing healing occur a lot. But you know what happened? The word of the Lord in relationship to Jesus as the healer got tested in my life. And I dropped it. 
I'm just being real with you, okay? Because I think one of the reasons why we're not seeing healing is because of unbelief. And y'all, if it begins with me, I'll say it begins with me. Because unbelief or doubt, not unbelief, and doubts, more, more doubts, not unbelief. Doubts mean divided judgments. Because y'all, there's some events that occurred in my life that I'm praying through. It's hindering me from seeing Jesus as the healer. Just being real. You know, Taryn, all of a sudden, Joe Blow sitting next to you manifests demonically. Crazy. Convulsions flowing at the mouth. How does Taryn see Jesus? Does she go with confidence? Oh, in the name of Jesus, be gone. See, these signs will follow them who believe. And don't be thinking, many times we think all-inclusive. No, 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 no. We've got to think segments in our heart. That's really where you live. And that's how God works in our lives to redeem and renew us. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 3. The question for me and the question... That God has been asking, Rick, how do you see me? Now, y'all, anything with God, this is the cool thing about our God. There is there, there is there now, is there for, there is something. You're fold, fold, field, field, fold. How did I say it? Field. Filled. What was that other word you were helping me with one day? Huh? Naked. <laughs> Naked. Naked. See, I'm still having trouble. Where did I say turn? First John. Sorry about that. Now, y'all, I know you know this passage. But this is the goal. And see it. See how great a love. See how great a love. See it. Look, look. How great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Such we are. I was, you know, I was wrestling with this a second. Can I say this? That such we are. But you know, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about adoption as sons. And I was going, okay, God, that's an interesting subject. Now, that's another time. It says, for this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not yet appeared as what we shall be. We know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. We know that when He appears, okay? Now, have you heard me say this passage many times before? But you said that's talking about Jesus coming. Yes, we will be like Him because we'll instantly see Him as He is. But verse 3 says, everyone who has this hope fixed on him, this is how we operate now, fix our hope on him. Now, you know, not, that, not fix our hope on the fact that matter I can lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Not, not to fix my hope on the fact that matter that my God, you know, supply all my needs. If I ask, it'll be given to me. No, fix my hope where? On him. And the crazy thing about this verse, he who has fixed his hope on him purifies himself just as he is pure. 
I want the Lord respecting me in this. Y'all, is that when we can see him as he is, all that who he is is what? Transferred into our lives. When I can see him as he is, all that who he is is transferred into my life. Yeah, in fact, when we do counseling, we do not tell people what they need to do. We do not focus in that area. All our whole goal is is to release their, their faith and their love. Because why? The conviction is when somebody sees Jesus, they're changed. They're transformed. And he is saying in 2013, there's an unveiling occurring. But y'all, the reality is what I was praying about this and the Lord was saying to me. See, let me back up. See, the goal is to see him as he is. But you've got to remember, the revelation of him is imparted into us in Romans 1.17. Think about it. The righteousness of God is revealed how? From faith to what? Faith. In other words, y'all, to me to receive Jesus as my Savior is one level of faith. To receive Jesus as the baptizer and the Holy Spirit for me was one level of faith. To receive Jesus as healer is one level of faith. To receive Jesus as the one who delivers from demonic is another level of faith. And I don't, I'm not correlating many of them any particular way. For my life, that's how it's been. To see Jesus as the one who raises from the dead. Guess what? That's another what? Level of the faith. Faith to faith. Faith to faith. So in it, the question is, what's the conclusions in my heart? You remember I said, the, ah, I remember the eighth one. Conclusion of the heart. Conclusions in your heart determine what you believe. <laughs> hey, that's funny. Because why? Romans 10.10. 10. With the heart, one believes. So the revelation of God is released into my life through what? Faith. The goal is to see Him in the Spirit. The goal is to... No, see, I'm sorry. The goal is to see Him as He is. Problem is, I just prophesied something there. He's in the what? Spirit. So to see Him, you're going to have to... What spiritual force are you going to have to operate? Something called what? Faith. I had a brother say to me, if any time you're going to operate with God, if you can, if you can do it, it's not God. You remember uh, the Graham Cook thing? He says, oh, you, can, you can never get comfortable what God does. Because God's always doing the impossible. You can only be comfortable with who God is. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. So those revelations, that's why those three times that I showed you, not y'all, that's just three that Jesus says, by your faith, because of your faith, you were healed. By your faith, your daughter has been set free. Your sins are forgiven by your faith. In other words, in faith, we received and saw Jesus as that. The revelation of who, when he, y'all, all of a sudden, the reality of who he is is released. Now, y'all, remember I said, If you would, go with me to 2 Corinthians 3, and this is probably where we'll close. Is that where we're supposed to quit, Mitch? 
you know, um, remember I said the definition of revelation literally means to remove a veil or covering, exposing, open view of what was before hidden. And I'm going, Lord, you're saying this is the year of the revelation of Jesus. But God, you've already revealed. Jesus has revealed. He's uncovered himself. And God said, yeah, that's right. Where's the veil, God? Over your eyes. Where's the covering? Your heart. I want you to watch this in Second Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to start. Verse 14. It's talking about the law. And it's talking about the children of Israel when Moses went up on the mountain and they put a veil on Moses' face. It says, But their minds were hardened, for until this very day, the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. The veil's moved in Christ. Now, y'all. Don't just go, in Christ, yeah, the veil, the law is moved in Christ. But y'all, let me tell you something. That's where he starts talking about abiding in. There's places of walking in the Spirit and walking in who he is and being positionally there. There's places in my heart, y'all, that are not in Christ. That's why you see passage of Scripture like 1 Peter 3.15. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Or Ephesians 3.17 so that you be strengthened with power, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, what's happening is there's places in my heart that are not, what? In Christ. Or literally say, Christ in my heart. Because watch this. It says, To this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. The veil lies where? It's over the heart. Watch this. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, a veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we with an unveiled face. Now this is the finished product, y'all, and this is the result. We with an unveiled face is beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord. I behold your glory. I am transformed from what? Glory to glory. And I forget how. Just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Why is it, y'all, that Peter's, Peter, Paul's shadow would bring healing? Why? You know why? He saw Jesus clearly in that area in his life. I had a professor, I think I told you this, seminary professor told me, says, told his classes, he goes, he says, um, the disciples did not believe Jesus. And we're going, that was in the days when in the Southern Baptist Convention, controversy, oh, let's write this down. He goes, they experienced him. They knew it. Oh. They just don't believe it. These things I write to you who believe in order that you may know. 
Oh, I believe Jesus is a deliverer. I believe Jesus is a healer. I believe in Jesus that can raise the dead. Oh, I can believe that. Do I know it? Y'all, reality is there's veils over our hearts. That's what Leanne was saying in the Spirit. That's why I didn't want her to hurriedly go pray that. I want her to be careful how she prayed that because it's big. It's big. And what the Lord is saying, 2013 is a year to unveil our hearts to Him. Because there's going to be places like there where Jess was wrestling with yesterday. I don't know if I want to see Jesus that way. Is that the Jesus? <laughs> that where he says different things. In fact, we could start talking about how he unveils himself. You know. You know the first place I saw Jesus, one of the first places I saw Jesus as a healer was a good friend who had a heart attack. I don't like good friends to have heart attacks. Go to the ICU unit. I'm standing next to his wife, and the doctor standing there says, you know, I'm sorry, Mrs. So-and-so, your husband is having a massive heart attack right now. And he didn't know Jesus. That was a crazy thing. And he had the EKG, and I think he had the blood test and stuff like that. And that's all familiar to me right now after last weekend. But... uh and so uh, she's saying he did have a massive heart attack. So they ship him up and put him up in the ICU and they keep they watch over him and probably going to transport him out next morning. And and uh, I go in and I, I led him to Jesus and I said, I'm going to pray for you that you be healed. And in that place, I prayed for him and laid hands on him and prayed for him. And the next morning, y'all, he checked out of the hospital because the EKG and the blood tests were all now normal. I think the next day they checked him out. I told him to take a, few, take a baby aspirin a day because everything was normal after all these tests. Because I saw Jesus in that place, in that moment, I had revelation that he's a healer. Sharon's catching revelation. Jesus is in a healer in a way. Some of us don't want to necessarily pay the price to catch the revelation like she's catching it. But, She's seen him that way so much that when she spoke, shared the testimony about the dude with the incurable hepatitis C, he heals. So, uh, you know, and I could go on and talk about how in there about the unveiling of our faith of hindrances that hinder us from seeing the revelation of Jesus. But 2013, here's the cool thing, is we have a God that's so cool. He's not upset with us. He's not mad at us. He's not frustrated with us. He says, yeah, Rick, there's some areas in your heart that are not seeing clearly, seeing me clearly. And, y'all, I want you to notice, I I do want to close, close with this one statement. Revelation has a... God spoke to me and says, let me change your perspective, how you're looking, or what viewpoint. I, uh, Friday, I was uh, just trying to take a walk, and so I just walked straight up the mountain behind the house and down the mountain, and because uh, I wanted to see the tops of the other mountains. But I was down in the bottom, 
where my house is, you can't see down. So I had to what? I had to walk up and I had to change my viewpoint. I had to change the perspective of which way I was standing so I could see, get catch the revelation of the beauty that was on the other side. And it's really interesting. I go to Steve and Lois's in their house and many times I walk up behind their yard there and go look back across at my property. I change the viewpoint and I get a different viewpoint of my property rather than seeing it from where I'm at. And what God's saying to us, you want to see me clearly change your viewpoint. And the Lord told me, he says, one of the main ways you can change the viewpoint is with prayer and praise and worship. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You're changing your perspective. And you'll see him. We'll see him in new ways. That's why Wednesday nights, it's really cool. The worship team's been leading us in prayer and praise. And it's just, just prayer and praise. What's God trying to do? He's trying to reveal him. He's trying to let us see him. I'm saying he's trying to reveal himself. No, no. He's trying to let us see him in ways that we've been closed off to him. You hear that? It's not God's playing cat and mouse to us and hiding himself from us. I don't believe that. I believe he's revealed himself. He's uncovered himself, and the only uncovering has to come on our side. And that's okay. He's gentle in that. So anyway. So I want you all to agree with me. As a leader in DP, the 2013, is a year about just seeing him as he is now in that place we may have to drop some things of our perspectives on who he is i may have to drop it just like jess did yesterday she's wrestling with that issue okay god do i drop this i just want to just Take just a minute just to go back to, to that passage in John 6 because it was really interesting as he just closed out with this. And this is kind of the call. And BJ, you can come up if you want. It would be awesome. Um, down in verse 26, let's see. You know, he, 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 in 29, he says, what, you know, they ask, what shall we do to do the works of God? And they said, well, believe. And then they go on in verse 32, you know, he just says, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. They were okay with that. Because it didn't cost them anything. It didn't really. And then they make this statement. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. They were like, we're good with that. Yeah. Just give it to us. You know, We don't definitely don't want to work for that. <laughs> Just give it to us. And then all of a sudden, he says in the next statement, I am the bread of life. If you want that, you have to want me. You know, if you want bread always, you have to have me. And he, of course, then they go on down to the bottom. And it's interesting. They immediately said in verse 42, they, they were saying, wait a second, isn't this Jesus the son of Joseph? They went back to saying, hmm, 
It just that was, that's just that guy. He was just the son of Joseph. Like they started recognizing him as according to what they knew and to the flesh. So it was just it was just, I mean, but that's that's where we are sometimes as people in our own flesh. But God wants us to rise up above that this year. Whether it's difficulty, whether it's good times, whether it's bad times, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I felt like that was a, there was a word that came out last week. Somebody had sent it in that even if there was maybe even some darkness in 2013, but we would overcome it because we have different perspective. Like we have a different vision. We have a different. We're not. We're not seeing it this way. We're seeing it this way. We're not seeing it according to what we've been walking in. We're seeing it whether we're according to what we are walking in now. So I just want to pray that over us as we close. I just want to, can we just stand? Also, there was a word of healing on the right knee. Do you have any more? Um, that you? Good. <laughs> Somebody go pray for BJ while we're up there. Just a word of knowledge on the right knee. I'll take prayer on that always too. Um, but... Um, God wants just to bring revelation of that. Revelation of who He is. I mean, I, I can't express to you. I mean, I think ever since, I can't ever say His name, Shishko, Shishko, came from wherever He came from. Where's He? He's Croatia. And just gave that word of, you know, seeing Him. They, they, they received Jesus. There's something about receiving Him as these things. And I just pray that today, I just, I've probably given this call the last two or three times I've been up here, just receiving Him as whatever that is lacking. If it's healing, receiving as a healer. Deliver, receiving Him as a deliverer. It's baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receiving Him as a baptizer of the Holy Spirit. But whatever that is, I just encourage you, that's the call. If you want to just come and...